0: This is
1: is is fight disciples.
0: We are gathered here today for
1: the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk.
0: Hello, I'm Adam and I'm Nick and welcome to episode twenty-seven of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one's slightly different because we've branched out into the world of radio. Yeah, and that's where uh, we've done all our boxing chat this week. So if you uh, subscribe to our podcast, you will get everything that you need to know regarding our Talk Sport 2 show uh, via the podcast talking about boxing, Olympics. Luke Campbell's on there having a chat with us. We've got Paul Butler. We've got uh, Joe Gallagher. We've got Kel Brook talking uh, to us. So there's about an hour's worth of content there for you to go and have a little bit of a nausea. If you're into your mixed martial arts then you have chosen a wonderful week and a wonderful podcast to come and join us right here on The Fight Disciples because it's UFC 202 and coming up on this week's episode. Conor McGregor tells us it's going to be different this time.
2: This time we've had our set days and we had our rest days. Nate Diaz is adamant the truth will be told again. I'm a fighter too. I think I can beat him in different ways too. You know, (laughs) he thinks he can beat me. I think I can beat him and You know, we both disagree.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Well, it's finally here. The waiting is over. It got delayed. (laughs) It's been postponed. There's been retirements. There's been all sorts of stuff, but we are finally here. It is fight week. UFC 202, well and truly upon us. It is the return. Diaz, McGregor. (sighs) Lick your lips ladies and gentlemen Set your alarm Because it's going to be action packed Yeah How do you see this one going? Much to the you, you, I, I don't even know why I've asked you that Because I know what your thoughts are You you think it's going the exact same way The first one went
1: Well I I, I can see the first round Being exactly the same As the as it went last time
0: So net being full of claret Just exactly. getting
1: absolutely busted up Just, just kind of picking them off You know And I can see that I can see the fight starting The same way but whether the second round and the third round and the fourth round all follow that same that same kind of style and same kind of result, same kind of performance, that's obviously what Team McGregor wants. That that's what they're working towards it's whether Nate Diaz can do what he did last time and that is basically walk through Conor McGregor take his best shots on the chin and go That all you got punk and just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming but what's your gut instinct because he's had a longer he's had
0: a longer camp all the, all the rhetoric that's coming out of Conor McGregor he's had, he's had a longer camp he, yep. he, he took it for granted last time he's trained properly he's at the weight properly all these types of things he's in better condition in order to have more gas in those later rounds
1: and <laughs> you know, proof will be in the pudding on Saturday night He's saying all the right things Isn't he You know uh, he's saying he's not wrong though, is he? That's why. Let's properly. be honest,
0: that's why it happened, did not it? I mean, yes, all right. Potentially. He, he chucked a lot yeah, of bombs on him yeah. and, and, and and he didn't they, they obviously stung him. He was, in my opinion, winning the fight until he ran out of gas and then he had to go to the deck. And when you go to the deck against the geyser that is outstanding at BJJ, well, on the map there is very there's, there's a small amount of people maybe that can compete yeah. with Nate Diaz
1: very then small. at the end
0: of the day you know what's happening.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the problem obviously. That's that's what connor has got to get away from don't forget it was Connor that shot on Nate Diaz not the other way around it was Connor who tried to take Nate yeah down. yeah yeah you know and that's when you knew the fight was over the first time around that's what Connor's going to avoid at all costs you know Nate's always got that in his locker you know if, if the going gets tough down at stretch and Nate's exhausted well Nate could pull guard Nate could take Connor to the ground and then you know potentially we've got another scenario anyway that, when you when you kind of look at the first fight and what happened and then look at the you know the the whole narrative that went behind the fight and how it came about and it's easy to argue but this is why we're getting the rematch straight away this is why this is going to be the biggest selling fight it's going to eclipse UFC 200 in my opinion even though Brock was there because this is the fight we all want to see this is the rematch the year of the rematch in the UFC well this is the biggest one this is the biggest money spinner out a lot because there's so many questions unanswered you know what will Nate Diaz be like with a full camp what will Nate Diaz be like when he knows he's fighting Conor McGregor what will he be like if he's not partying in Carbo 10 days before the event is announced which he was last time flip of that is. What will Conor be like with a full camp behind him, specifically for Nate Diaz? What if he's making weight properly? What if he's not just, you know, 10 days off the fight happening? Oh, right, okay, well, I'm not doing 155 no more. The title fight's off, so I'm doing 170, so I'm going to have steaks three times a day, and blah, blah, two breakfasts. He was caught, you know, two breakfast Connor had all this kind of stuff. That won't be happening no more. That That's not happened in this camp. That's, mm. that's not, you know, not where this is going. I think they've... I think we're going to see the very best Conor McGregor on Saturday night. The very best. And if that happens, I think Nate Diaz loses this fight. The problem is, what is, you know... Last time if you going into the last fight, everyone said, Oh, Connor's gonna blow himself out, you've got no chance. Connor's probably the fittest guy in the UFC. We've all seen the videos of him prancing around on the beach, you look at the body on him, the strip on him, he never loses you know, he never puts on a lot of weight, he's, he looks after himself, he loves that like spiritual martial artist lifestyle. He's got a tank for days, that won't happen. But it did happen. It did happen. Now what Connor's saying is that, that last ten days of eating all that food, consuming all that food obviously killed his cardio. But not only that, he's saying that in camp. He wasn't training for a fight, you know. He'd, he'd gone from that. He was just training every day, sometimes eight hours a day. It might be rolling, it might be hitting pads, it might be you know prancing about doing his animal moves and all that kind of stuff. The animal movement stuff, which you know, don't forget, every, people are, are laughing at that now a little bit, saying, "Oh yeah, the animal coach that cost him the win." Well, don't forget, at the time, every, nobody, you know, if you were animal coach on this planet, animal movement coach, you were getting tracked down by fighters because everybody wants a slice of it because everybody wants to fight like Conor McGregor. So the fact that he got he got beat by Nate that, you know don't ridicule that way of coaching because mm. it's worked for Connor in the past.
0: It wasn't technique. Technique didn't beat him. It was for me it was purely Heart. about gas. It's, yes, of, yeah. co- of course I am biased because I'm a massive fan and I want to believe what he says that the gas yeah. Wasn't in the tank and therefore that's why I ended up getting beat. Let's hear from him. Let's hear from the man himself to see what his thoughts were on that first fight.
2: Um, you know, nobody can compare to my rise um, and how this is all shaped about myself, my coach, my team, everyone involved in this. Our life has changed so, so quick. Um, so we we were forced to kind of look at how we were preparing for these contests. You know, it got it got complacent. it got we'll show up any time. We'll train whatever we feel like. Um, we'll hit them and they fall. Um, and and on top of that, everyone has their own commitments. Everyone has you know the amount of stuff I have. John, my coach has like book uh, book out now. And you know everyone that has been involved in my camp have. Had a crazy change in their entire life, so this one it forced us to look at how we were preparing. Um, it forced us to come back together um, and and do what we've been doing from the beginning. You know, f- focus, solid work. This time we incorporated structure into the game. I feel structure is the true key to success. You can get you can get a reasonable a reasonable amount of success um, by just winging it and just going going. As you feel, but I feel true to reach the true heights with you know to reach the billions the amount of stuff that comes along with this life you 've got to have a structured life you 've got to live a life of structure, and you can 't stray from that and that 's what we've done we've we 've set training times we 've sh- set schedules, and we 've stuck to it and i 've responded really well and um, Another thing that we used to never do was rest was never really you know it was we just train until until it was fight time. This time we had our set days and we had our rest days. So I knew what days my rest were and the days prior to that I would work hard in, prep- in, in anticipation for this rest day. And when that rest day came... I would take my rest and I would not have this anxiety feeling where I must train again because that's what happens to a lot of people. They, they train out of anxiety and it's like I'd be sitting there at, at 11 o'clock at night and be like, and I've just done 100 rounds this week and it's Sunday and I'm supposed to take a day off and I'm like twitching and saying, fuck it, I'm going to go do another session and then I'll go work. So everything was structured. I take my rest. I work when I work. Um, the session starts and ends. That's another thing that we, we, we drifted off. The session never really started or end it. Sometimes I'd be in the gym for like eight, 8 to 10 hours a day just rolling through. Not really anything specific. And for the fight game, that's not that's not, um... That's not the correct approach. It's a five-minute round with a one-minute rest. You need to be prepared for that. That's what the contest is. You need, need to be able to go from zero to 100, rest, and go again, rather than a continuous training cycle where you're in the gym, half training for many hours a day. That's not beneficial to what we are doing in the fight. So these are just changes that we've implemented. And again, I've responded amazingly. Usually at the end of camp, I'm like... I can't wait for this camp to end or I'm sick of training or, you know, or I'm banged up. I am absolutely perfect. Like this time last camp, I remember I was in a bad way. You know, everything was just the opponent changed. The whole circus was kicking off again when it only had just happened. And um, I was overtrained and... Well, now here I am, fresh, full of energy, full of vitality, underweight. Um, I know he's close to 200 pounds, uh, uh, so he has a weight cut. That's what happens. You, you eat, you get comfortable. All of a sudden, that weighing that weighing day creeps up, and you've got a weigh-in. Um, so it couldn't have went smoother for me, and I'm very happy with it. Um, I brought out a full team of people to help me from home and from abroad and from everywhere and everyone has been on the same path it's been it's been a phenomenal camp and I look forward to showcasing what I have uh, been doing in the gym. So that's what I was saying that you know that was the point
1: I was trying to make there. Is the fact that Connor he was just training constantly. He was doing 8 hours a day, 6 days a week. He wasn't really having an off day, but as he's just pointed out there, he's now specifically training like a fighter. For he's training for a 5 round, 5 minutes, 5 rounds for five minutes of a, a title fight and he's just training specifically for Nate Diaz. This this is why he fought Chad Mendes at late notice because it didn't matter hmm. previously because he was never training specifically for an opponent. He was just training to be the best mixed martial artist possible. What happens if he gets beat again?
0: Class? What happens if he gets beat again? That's two on the spin. He is still, by the way, the
1: £145 champion. Yeah. So what happens next if he gets beat again? If he loses, I, I can he can only come back at 145 because he is not if he loses a second fight in my opinion he can't then go to 155 and get a title shot you can't get a title shot on the back of two defeats mm. but what the belt allows him to do is go back to 145 and stay in championship class and that's where the UFC need him because he's the he's the needle-turner as we know he's the biggest star in the UFC generates more money than anybody in pay-per-view so they need him at the top of the bill the only way he's at the top of the bill is if he's in championship fights or big fights like this this is the other question you see does he need the belt you know if he beats if he beats Nate Diaz on Saturday night, I don't think Connor defends the featherweight belt. I don't think he does it. I can't see him moving back down just gives to 45. he just give it up. And this is the this is the funny thing as well. Connor McGregor in his career has won four cha- has won four championships, three world titles and in one interim. He won two in Cage Warriors, the featherweight and the lightweight yeah, belt. Yeah. And then he came into the UFC won the featherweight belt uh, the interim and then the featherweight belt. In his entire career Connor's never defended the belt. He's never made a, de- a defence. Never even, you know, unsuccessful or success. He's never defended the belt yet because he's such a big star. He wins the belt and moves on. He wins the belt. and move- he, Because he's such a big star, he keeps moving forward. He never kind of stays static long enough to defend the belt. So that's something he's never had to do before. But the only way he does that here is if he loses to Nate Diaz because he needs to go back down to featherweight. He needs to prove he's the best featherweight on the planet again. And, and that's the only way he stays in championship class. But if he beats Nate Diaz, I think he fights for Eddie Alvarez for the £155 title.
0: We've heard from Connor saying that it's going to be different for him. He's got a longer camp, but it's going to be different for Nate Diaz. He only had 10 days' notice for the last fight, didn't he?
1: Well, yeah, You know, the, the good thing about the Diaz brothers, the, the fact he was able to step in and fight Conor McGregor at 10 days' notice last time is because... They're just naturally super-fit guys. These are guys that will smoke, smoke a pound of weed and then do a triathlon <laughs> and not even blink. You know, that's just the way they are. The surprising thing about the first fight, to be honest with you, is that Nate didn't fail a drug test because I guarantee the guy, was, he was in Carbo partying with his friends, which I, I don't think the Diaz brothers come across as big drinkers, but they're certainly big smokers. <laughs> so uh, that was quite a surprise and that he never failed the test. But this time around, a full 10-week camp or whatever it's been for this Conor McGregor rematch, you know this will be the biggest, categorically, Categorically, the biggest payday of the Diaz brothers' career, and they will see the bigger picture. They will know that if they can win this fight, if they get this fight, then they then they become the biggest star. You know, you don't, you don't fight Conor McGregor and earn so many millions of dollars, and then get the rematch, and earn twice as many millions of dollars. And win that fight and then go back down to five hundred grand. That's mm. not how the world works. Mm. Certainly not when the UFC has just changed hands for four billion dollars. You know the world works that if you keep winning and you you keep progressing and you keep making money for the company, then your money keeps going up, regardless of what your name is. So it's a massive opportunity for the Diaz brothers to take it to Conor McGregor. And at the end of the day, they've what more confidence do you need? You took Conor's best shots last time, Nate, and walked through him, and then you submitted him when he panicked at the end. And that's what Nate Diaz is adamant about. While he's just Said, you know, he's, he's alluding to there he's going to take Connor into deep waters Connor will panic again and he will submit him again and that's what the Diaz's believe and that's what makes it such a great fight You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Now it's quite easy to keep your eyes on the prize of UFC 202 but there is some developing news regarding UFC 204 regarding yeah. our boy Michael okay. Bispin I'm sure yeah. we're all dead ex- excited about seeing him back in action but even more so that it would happen right here in the UK You're coming to Manchester, boy. It's
1: cool, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> it's, it, let's be honest it was the you know it was the, worst, the worst kept secret in, uh, <laughs> in the UFC we've known it was happening for a while we just you know we knew it was going to be October we knew it was going to be 204 but it was a little bit of backwards and forwards on whether it was going to be Manchester whether it was going to be London and mm. then you know from what I can gather there was a stage when it might have even been moved over to the US and the, the issue is obviously uh, for these numbered events as fans will well know people who watch the UFC where any UFC that's got a number attached to is a pay-per-view event in America. So for them to do a pay-per-view over this side of the water outside of the US soil is unusual. Now, the last time they did it in Europe was over, was up in Sweden uh, with the Gustafsson card. And uh, that fight, that main event didn't go out till 2, 3 in the morning, I think the main card started. And this is the same situation we've got with Manchester. So,
0: so you get a ticket, you go to watch it in Manchester, but you'll have to watch it at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when the well, event will go out UK.
1: First fight at the Manchester Arena On October the 8th, the first fight of the prelims is at uh, 11pm. So, just as the pubs close, <laughs> straight in the arena, Shoot. fight number one Can you imagine that? PM. Can you imagine that? Insane.
0: I live round that gaff, right? So, therefore, you get, you get round town, get in print works, you come out after a few sambukas, I'll tell you what I'm going to go and do. I'm going to go and watch a load of blokes belt the living daylights <laughs> out of each other. That's a recipe for disaster on the streets of Manchester at
1: 6am, isn't it? So, that's, that, that, that's the prelims start at 11 and then the main card starts at 3 a.m., which means that Bisping Henderson will probably be walking about 5, 5.30. Well, on
0: that, just on that, because they will be in this country for a long period of time before
1: the fight happens so what does that do to a fighter's sleep pattern well they may not be they may not be this is what I was thinking when we were in Sweden you know obviously there's been events like this in Manchester before you know Joe Calzaghe for Jeff Lacey at a similar time frame or for American pay-per-view television and in, in Sweden even Gustafsson stayed in America until just a week before the fight, and I think it'll be the same thing here. Likewise with Bisping, even though he's, he's a British guy, I think everybody on this card will probably stay and you know, wherever, wherever they come from, America or Brazil or whatever, they'll probably stay over there.
0: Until and do what? A week Re- before and and stay on the same time. And then when of? they
1: come to the UK, they'll stay on the same teams. Stay. In. Same time zone, so there won't be any morning. You won't be, I doubt you'll get any morning engagements here. And all the media stuff will probably be late in the afternoon, early evening time, just so the fighters can stay on, can kind of stay on that time. That's frame. mad. They'll black out all the windows in the hotel rooms, so there's no, you know, to, basically to try and keep them on a, a body clock that's that suits the US. It's, it's It's incredible, it's tough. And it's going to be especially tough for the British guys that are on the bill. But as I say, I wouldn't be so. The only British guys announced so far: are Brad Pickett, uh, Michael Bispin, who are obviously both U.S. based for their training anyway. But Davy Grant has been confirmed and he's UK based Davey yeah. so I wouldn't you know whether Davey does his tra- camp over in the US or whether he just kind of flip-flops his training regime here but you know if, Davey Grant's probably going to be on the prelims, so let's say probably fight oh, at midnight one in the morning would you it's be surprised
0: too bad. Would you surprised if uh, Dan Roberts hot chocolate gets the call he hasn't would, been out for a period of time has he?
1: no no I know he's, he's in he's acting but he's the back in Brazilians camp now. He's, yeah. in, he's in Florida now in camp yeah there's a few to be honest with you there's a few you know, I'm, I'm hoping one or two guys that aren't currently signed with the UFC might get snapped up as well uh, a couple of obviously being from Liverpool a couple of Liverpool lads would be quite nice but there's um, there's guys up in the north these guys who are knocking on the door of the UFC I'm hoping one or two of them gets a chance but yeah I'd love to see it would be great to see our chocolates on this card but it's a stonking card anyway it's going to sell out straight away oh absolutely Bispen Henderson belt over are you, a you surprised why is it's
0: Henderson, by the way.
1: No, because they've got the bad UFC blood. Got a old, story. Yeah, yeah they've they've got they old. love a story, you know. And let's be honest with you. Anybody else in the top five of the middleweight division? Bisping starters underdog against Dan Henderson he starts as favourites even though Henderson's got that knockout loss and knockout victory over him from UFC 100 yeah. Dan Henderson's career ends on this night in Manchester October the 8th is what he's saying win lose or draw he ends his career there you know he's been around for a long time Dan Henderson and he said this is definitely going to be his last ever fight it's it just you know it's got all the hallmarks of Bisping crowning what has been the, the, the most the best year you know Bisping's had the best year of his career in 2016 has had the best year of any fighter in the UFC in 2016, what he's done this year to beat Anderson Silva in London, then to go and beat Luke Rockhold against all the odds not only that, knock Luke Rockhold out to win the title, Mm. incredible, you know you couldn't make this stuff up, what a year he's had so far, and this is his chance just to kind of rubber stamp the greatest year of his life, and uh, you know, Dan Henderson you could say has been a a a bit of a hand-picked opponent for him but again, there's the storylines there, you know Hendo deserves a title, shot to end this incredible, iconic career that he's had so it's a great main event. A great main event. And um, I think also on the under they've announced I think seven fights for the card now but included on there Vita Belfort. Fans will turn out in for him. Oven Sempreu against Jimmy Mano, where the London boy, that's a great fight. Cup- heavyweight Stefan Struve's on there as well and you <sighs> well, know, Brad Pickett's on there. Potentially well, is it gonna be Brad's last fight fighting back in the UK, yeah. loving it again. He's in a good fight down at Bantamweight so Already the card's shaping up quite well. It'll say, as we know, regardless of what time it's on, it's going to be bonkers leaving Manchester you know, in daylight. <laughs> but regardless, it'll sell out. We know it'll sell out. It'll from be from your pa-
0: from your past experience, and for those that maybe have started listening to this podcast that have fallen in love with mixed martial arts, that maybe want to go to a live event, what type of money are we talking for a ticket?
1: It's uh, probably going to start about forty quid. I would have thought. That's all right because you get about twenty fights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll get you know I think you have thirteen fights usually on a UFC card, and as we always say, the first fight on a UFC card has got just as much chance as being the exciting as the main event because of the way they, they pay their fighters you know the rewards based scheme so it's uh, you know you'll certainly get value for money it's just a, you know it's, it's resetting that body clock but you know
0: plus everybody will be in for the prelims because, oh yeah, because course, of the time of night that it's on because N- of the time no it's saving. on <laughs> exactly they've, <laughs> well, kicked, everybody, they've it, uh, kicked everybody out of the print work so it's like right let's get <laughs> to the arena and watch all these fights mate
1: it's going to be something a bit special you know it's going to be a, it's going to be an incredible night and uh, you know I, I've every UFC event I've been to in the UK has been has been a bit special but this one with Bisping there's big homecoming after the career that he's had you know he's such a pioneer for the sport and you know, popular in the northwest man oh my god yeah he's hugely popular but he's put He's, you know, in, in in a lot of ways, he's put UFC on the map in Britain. Yeah, you know, he's he's been the flag bearer from day one. Ever since he won the Ultimate Fighter, you know, he really put the UK fighters on the map and, and made the UK somewhere to come and train, but also a real resource for fighters for the UFC. He was the one that pushed it through. It looked like it had gone, didn't it? You know, we didn't think he was going to get this title shots. We didn't think, you know, when he was fighting at the start of the year, he was supposed to be fighting Gegard Musasi in London in a co-main event. Mm. That's the way Bisping career had gone he's, he's had even he admits himself he'd had three or four final eliminators for a title shot and come short every time we didn't expect to be in this position we're in now Michael Bisman as the UFC champion of the world so you better believe the people of the UK and certainly the people of Manchester are going to turn out in droves it's going to be a mental night next time with the Fight Disciples
0: Next week, make sure you come and join us because it will all be about whether he did it or whether he didn't. McGregor Diaz two this weekend. The reaction next weekend. We'll also keep you up to date with everything that's going on uh, in the Olympics and the boxing. Fingers yeah. crossed uh, that a couple of our
1: guys can pick up medals. Before we go, before we go, Ad, come on, give us your prediction. I don't mean who's going to win. I want to know how he's going to win as well. What do you think? McGregor. Knockout. Ooh.
0: After after three rounds
1: After three, so th- from the third round onwards Or yeah, round yeah, yeah. four or five
0: We're, Three rounds onwards So it could happen in the third But I would guess a bit later Maybe four or five Okay,
1: Nice And you're going I'm going to go with I want to go with Listen, I'll tell you how the fight's going to go Connor is going to utilise his front kick He's gonna keep Nate at bay like he was doing in the first fight. He's gonna unload those big long right hands, and he's gonna bust Nate up again for the first two rounds. From then on out, <laughs> toss a coin, man. What's gonna happen then? We just don't know. We just don't know. You know, I, I, Nick Diaz knows how to lose, and by that, he's lost fights before. He's lost big fights before. This is an opportunity, though, that he that he knows he can't let him pass him by. But Conor McGregor, there's, there's got to be a reason why Conor wanted this fight. There's got to be a reason why he wanted the rematch. There's got to be a reason why he wanted it welterweight. You know, it can't just be ego with Conor. He's got to. They know something that we don't. I think because Conor's career is too valuable for them to just blow it like this on a, on a whim, if you like. So I think you could be right. I think we could see the best performance of Conor McGregor's career. And we could see him then. Lay claim for the shot at the uh, the light big title, come back down to 155 light big title. That's a round and about way of saying I've got no good idea what's going to happen. (laughs) So, on next week's show, we'll have a bit more of a definitive answer. See you in a bit. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.